0: Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email
1: Good morning and welcome to Nabwick Talks. Of course, i'm your host, Jada Williams, and it gives me great pleasure to be here with you every morning. not with talks. We are more than the Association for Black Women in Construction. We are the National Association for Black Women in Construction, including all of you. so if you're looking for somewhere to go, you're in the right spot this morning, and we cannot wait to invite you to head over to our website because just like the commercials just mentioned please follow, like and share on all your different platforms that you're hanging out with Navwick or like I just said go head over to our website the best place is www.navwick.org check out our calendar see the different committees and what Navwick is truly all about you will get connected in the right location and matching up your dev and endeavors so But the most important thing is to click that red Join Now button. We want to see you at our next local or national event advocating with us in your red shirt as we do coming through under our fearless leader. So just like every other Wednesday, we have an action plaque pack show planned for you this morning. I'm so excited because this guest today, oh, she's like a child prodigy, like it's so amazing. But I will not let the cat out the bag yet this morning because the studio, and we do it just for you. So good morning, this and We have the master builder, and McNeil herself in the studio. We have no other than Ursula Odom, our very own of Sula 2. And we have Mr. Gerald Barnes hanging out with us in the studio this morning. i going to give you a couple of words of nuggets that you can write down on. And take your notes moving forward. because you know, now we, we love to say get your pen and pad ready so you can catch these golden nuggets. So good morning, Miss Ann. How are you? I hear you're well, out waving our flag.
2: <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. We also have Jackie Perry in the studio with us oh! this morning. But yes, I got oh my you, Jada. I got you, I got you, I got you. But, Jada, I tell you all the time, if I were any better, Jada, I would be you. And today, and I tell you today from Chicago, it is no different. Today is an awesome day. And our special guest, I like to call her the queen of – E.V., the queen of so many things, an advocate for our organization as a corporate member, but I'm not going to get into all of that. I'll leave that to you. My desire is to continue to remind our listeners, comment, like, and share this podcast, but also remember to subscribe. Go to our website, like Data said, which is Mabwick, dot corg and join us, participate with us, because this month in particular, we're focusing on the energy sector, the energy industry, energy charging in particular. When you think about those, not the billions, but the trillions of dollars that are affordable to us on behalf of the federal government through the Department of Energy, Transportation, and so many other departments, it means absolutely nothing, Jada if we don't take these contacts and turn them into contracts. And that is what NAVWID is all about. And the way we do that is by connecting our members, our sponsors and our partners with the billion dollar agencies that have all of these opportunities that we are aspiring to participate in and participate with. So Jada, I am in Chicago today for the Chicago Build with our NAVWID members who are here in Chicago and they're doing a phenomenal job but I want to also remind all of us, Seder, that we are continuously the voice of this industry. And so, as always, Seder, let's get this party started.
1: Hi, yes, indeed. Let's get this party started because we're the voice of in construction, period. So, but really quick, before I move forward in this morning's show, um, I do want to give more details, Miss Ann, on um NAB the National Association of Black Women in Construction, billion dollar luncheon and industry and contracting opportunities. You are invited, family, so please head over to Eventbrite or you can just go to our website as we always direct you. Get all the details there. It's going down Wednesday. You know Wednesday's our favorite day of the week, keeping everything in line for you, making your schedule easy. So Mark Wednesdays off on your calendar, however you're still doing it, if it's on your phone or on your kitchen refrigerator. Mark October 18th, okay, that is going to be our billion-dollar luncheon and energy contracting opportunities, and we would love to see you there. Of course, start time is at 1130, and um, all of the good conversations and programs start 45. So this morning in the studio – as Ms. Ann mentioned, today NABWIC talks with Tina White, who is a NABWIC woman in spotlight and founder and CEO. Ms. Tina White is a of this talent from the outset, like she entered into Florida A&M at a very age of just 16 years old. And then she eventually graduated with her BS degree in print journalism before dividing into a career where she began with Xerox Corporation and she won so many awards straight out being dedicated with her talent and career and skills learned to where she was the rookie salesperson of the year at Xerox to carving out spaces where few women, especially black women, have ventured into the tire and energy sectors. You know how hard it is, in tire and energy sectors? Just the women, period. But we're not going to harp on that because we're resilient. And clearly, Ms. Tina White is here this morning to speak with us on this very, her very journey on that we talk. So, without further ado Ms. Jackie Perry of JPN Associates, going to help out with this interview and the team. And um, let's get this party started, Ms. Ann, Ms.
3: Ursula. I'll call everybody
2: out. Please. Well, good morning and
3: welcome to another episode of NAVWIC Talk. Today we are very, very excited because we have some exciting things that are coming up on the horizon. NAVWIC just finished their uh, tour in Washington, D.C., For the Congressional Black Caucus uh, Conference and their annual reception. And they had some really great things that came out of that uh, connection and those relationships that they made there in DC. But we're headed into our uh, billion dollar luncheon, which is full of contracting opportunities. This time the focus is on energy. And we've never actually had that one before. So this is going to be new and exciting for us. So today we are just equally excited, though, to have with us the woman in the spotlight for our billion-dollar luncheon in energy contracting opportunities, which is Ms. Tina White. Tina, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Nice to talk with you, Jackie. Oh, it's exciting to talk with you, too. So listen, as we usually do, I'm going to tell our audience a little bit about you from what we've been able to learn from, you know, the Internet and your biography and all those kinds of things. But we are, again, genuinely excited uh, to have you and to also have you as NAVWG's woman in the spotlight for our billion-dollar luncheon. So congratulations. Thank you. So for our audience, just to let you know a little bit about Tina Uh, Well, she's just a prodigious talent from the outside, entered the renowned HBCU Florida A&M University at just 16, eventually securing her BS degree in print journalism before diving into a commendable career that began with a standout role at Zewox Corporation. So in this episode, we'll navigate a little bit through Tina's remarkable journey, but She won Rookie Salesperson of the Year at Xerox uh, to carving out spaces where few women, especially black women, have ventured in the tire and energy sector. Tina, the visionary founder of Tina's Tires and Tina's Green Energy Solutions, didn't stop at business. She extended her passion into social impact with black girls rolling tires, her nonprofit aimed at guiding young females from underserved communities into the $400 billion cars and electrification industry. Her ventures uniquely intertwine commerce and community, especially within her home city of Rivera Beach. So join us in welcoming Tina as we explore a little bit about who she is, but also explore opportunities in the energy sector. So once again, Tina, we are just so excited to have someone of your posture with us on today's show. Thank you. I'm looking forward
4: to the discussion.
3: Yes, ma'am. Well, we're going to dive right in uh, right after this commercial. We'll be right back.
1: Hello, my name is India Chanel. I am a member of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, also the owner of the India Chanel Co., private equity consultant, Shaw Safety Supply and Shaw Development Company. I am such a proud member of NABWIC as they have helped all of my businesses grow. I went from just a four-figure, five-figure a month business to now a multi-million dollar company. Uh, It has been such a pleasure to meet wonderful people who are like-minded, and who help us mastermind for millions. Um, I have been able to grow into the government contracting space and make my business more recession-proof.
3: And we're back, and we're talking with uh, Tina White, an average woman in the spotlight and founder of Tina's Tires and Tina's Green Energy Solutions. So, Tina, I read before the commercial a little bit about you, but if you won't mind, take a moment for our audience sake and just tell us in your own words a little bit about you and how you come to be and do what you do today. Excellent.
4: Well, Tina's Tires was born in 2018. Um, after working very hard on behalf of black contractors in Palm Beach County to get a disparity study uh, done to show that black owned businesses in particular were not getting their fair share of public dollars through our county, Palm Beach County, through the city of West Palm Beach and through Solid Waste Authority. and. As we got close to the adoption that established the diversity study statistics, um, I made a decision that I wanted to sell a commodity. And so I just did a simple public records request to three government agencies asking for what is their total expenditure yearly for tires and fuel. And when I received the numbers back and doing a little more research, I eliminated uh, fuel as a viable business and decided on tires. Um, And at that point I decided that I did not want to be a tire dealer in which you came to the shop and got one or two tires at a time for your personal vehicles. I wanted to sell large quantities to government and corporations. And so that's a different business model and Um, To my surprise, uh, there were no other black women doing that for any of the tire manufacturers, and what is uh, key to being able to do it is that you must have an executed agreement with one of the four tire manufacturers, and so I decided to seek an agreement with Michelin because they are the number one tire manufacturer in the world, Um, and as I sought out that agreement with Michelin, um, that is when I soon learned that there were no other black women utilizing that particular business model.
3: Wow, congratulations, and I don't think many of us would have thought about that and thank you for dreaming big, uh, again, not to focus on again, those individual sales, but sell, selling to a wider, wider market. So how has that been your experience with uh, the partnership with Michelin and maybe others? Has that been very productive for you and your company? Well, um, it definitely is a
4: boys club. Um, and they're, I'm only aware of only one black male company that utilizes the same business model. Um, When I say a boys club, it's fair to say it's a good old boys club because uh, most of the contracts with government agencies and large corporations are going to majority white male uh, tire dealers, either from Michelin. Good year, and continental. So from that standpoint, it has been a very difficult field to break into, um, and you, you topple that with just uh, the racism that's in America today, so it's been extremely difficult. However, um, I am just the type of person that once I make a business decision, I dig in. Um, I understand a long sales cycle business model, so you know it's not an area to go into if you're looking for instant gratification. Because if you're looking for instant gratification, then you need to sell one tire at a time to a, a consumer. Uh, so these contracts take anywhere from 10 to 24 months to materialize.
3: Oh, okay. No, and I, I certainly under, understand that, and you certainly seem to have the fortitude and the resilience to prosper, I would say, for lack of a better word, in such a, a cycle that something like this would take. Like you said, it's not a short sales cycle at all. So you do have to have that patience and fortitude to, to ride that out. Let, let's talk a little bit about Tina's Green Energy Solutions as well. And actually from the the, the broader standpoint of women, in the energy sector, period. So I tried to do some research. I I haven't been able to find any up-to-date statistics regarding the number of black women in the energy sector. However, we do know that the representation of black women in the energy sector, particularly leadership roles, has traditionally been low. um, And there are efforts being made to, of course, you know, try to improve the diversity inclusion I mean, in this industry. But let's talk about you, your your company, and how you were able to, again, uh, make a, a, a dent in this industry where, again, you probably find few black women either in the leadership roles or in the uh, entrepreneurial ownership roles. So tell us a little bit about Tina's Green Energy Solution.
4: Well, Tina's Green Energy Solution was born from – Michelin sending out emails to the tire dealers saying that they were going to be engineering tires specifically for E V cars and trucks. And so I started reading up three years ago on what that industry would look like and I saw it as another opportunity for a point of sales of uh, dealing with some of my same decision makers, uh, like at a Disney or a Napa genuine parts or a, a MARTA uh, public buses that I'm selling tires to, so um started to look at what were the points of access to this particular industry and there are several points that you can take. You can decide to become a, a manufacturer of EV chargers. Um, And it it takes something around about a $40 million investment to to do that. Um, And there is a black woman by the name of Natalie King in Detroit that will open up her manufacturing facility or be ready to uh, pull product off her assembly line uh, by the first of next year. Um, And there is a black guy in Fort Worth, Texas, that have been manufacturing EV charges now for about three years and have uh, level two charges in the marketplace. Um, I chose to concentrate on the infrastructure and installation side, because at that point you can install the charges no matter who is the manufacturer. Um, and I just found that that was going to be the mo- most uh, profitable side side of the business for me as well as the most uh, sustainable long-term side of the business because on the installation and infrastructure side, um, you can seek contracts out with hotels, condominiums, uh, companies like a Disney or an Amazon, or um, you can also make relationships with engineering firms that have the contracts to roll out the large, supercharging stations like for a, um Electrify America or, or a Tesla. Uh, so it's a number of ways you can look for point of entry. Um, the airports are going to be also a viable market for EV chargers. Uh, some, some of the dynamics for airports are going to be a little bit different than, say, at a hotel or um, even, you know, employee parking in government agencies of putting in EV chargers when they have employees that have EV cards. So all of those chargers have to be installed by someone. And so I thought that would be a way to have longevity in this particular marketplace.
3: Thank you for sharing that uh, with us. It sounds like research certainly plays a crucial role in, in, in starting an energy-related business due to, I can imagine, enormous complexities that exist there, you know, whether it's regulatory requirements, rapid technological advancement uh, in the sector. And it sounds like you've done a lot of research. You chose the infrastructure and installation side, you said, mainly because of the uh, sustainability um, that exists in that particular area. So I definitely do commend you for for that. And I just want to say to those uh, now with uh, women that are listening out there that we want to encourage you also as you are doing your research, looking to start a business or grow your business, be sure that you understand the, the market. You know, do the research, do the analysis, uh, search out if there are any regulatory, uh, things that you have to comply with. Um, look to see, and especially in this industry, what uh technology insights you have to be aware of. And just like uh, Ms. Tina said, look for uh sustainability, you know, sustainability practices, those environmental impacts. And I know that with every business, there's the financial planning. You have to know what you need in terms of investment and what that ROI is going to be like for you. But Tina, also talk to us a little bit about the, the risk management, uh, because I know that as you went, you looked at this business, uh, you determined that it was a viable, sustainable one, but what other things did you look at in terms of, of risk and how you might, like, mitigate those as you, uh, approach this particular sector?
4: Well, for one thing, uh, I would like to say to the listeners is that the opportunities for more companies to come into the industry and whatever uh, business segment you choose is wide open, whether it's EV charging or solar, um, energy audits, uh, weatherization. Uh, there are a lot of uh, dollars from USDOE, USDOT, uh, U.S. EPA, and U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, so uh, there are a lot of dollars available, um, no matter what part of the area of the uh, the business you want to go into. Um, you, uh, EPA has a grant out for seven billion dollars to partner with municipalities that have landfills that are decommissioned for solar and and wind solar wind farms. So there are a number of opportunities in which women can gain access, Uh but in terms of risk, it is a – uh you have to have capacity, meaning you have to have a large fit, footprint. You can't just do it in, like, one local city. So, if you're only going to do business in Orlando, then you're going to have difficulty getting big contracts with major companies like Amazon that need you to be able to install for them in all of their locations around the United States. Um if uh so therefore working lines of capital uh, becomes important because if you install uh, six dual charge uh E V charges levels two for employee parking at a company, um that is gonna be around a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar installation between labor labor and materials that you're gonna to have to have the money up front for because you're not gonna probably get paid by your uh corporate uh client for another thirty to sixty days. And so it does require having access to uh capital in order to fund your job, to have insurance. Mm-hmm. You need insurance in terms of being able to protect the people on the site and the site itself, most corporations are gonna require you to have you know, general liability insurance, somewhere between five and $10 million uh, to give them a rider for those types of things as well. Um, so that may be the only limitations we have is access to capital in order to uh, play in the, the big leagues of it all. Um, and you just have to, as a business kind of figure out how do you gain access to capital? How do you develop relationships with banks that will give you the line of credit and, you know, even support and executed contract? Say you get a contract for two million dollars and you can take that to the bank to see if that will secure the right line of credit to support that kind of a, a project. So you kinda have to have all those things working with you at the same time. And then I encourage strategic alliances. So you may be able to cover three states, but there may be another company that you can form a strategic joint venture alliance with. They may be able to cover five more states, and then somebody else can cover ten more states. So if you can learn how to strategically do those joint venture partnerships, that also gets you to
3: capacity
4: in multiple states.
3: No, thank you for that, and I forgot to tell our listeners that they better grab their pens and their papers because you're sharing so many good nuggets. So if you are doing a risk assessment, you already kind of know that these things exist, but Tina's given us a realistic view of some things that you can do to overcome or to mitigate those risks. So she talked about assess capital, developing those relationships with banks, Developing those strategic alliances, joint ventures, or whatever they may be. And she, uh, also encouraged us just to be realistic. This is where it is. So you gotta have that capacity, gotta be able to have that large footprint in order to succeed in this business. And she did it all in less than five minutes, guys. So you're gonna have to make sure you come back to this recording and listen if you didn't take it all down. But before we go, Tina, You mentioned before there's lots of opportunities in this uh, sector. You mentioned EV charging, solar, weatherization. There's uh, even EPA grants out there. Um, Talk a little bit more uh, about that because it sounds like this sector is wide open and that there are plenty of opportunities for black women if they're willing to do the things that you just talked about. So is there anything else we need to know about as far as opportunities? that exists in this industry? I'll tell you, uh, the first thing you
4: want to do is get a register in SAM.gov. Uh, you need to be registered in SAM.gov where you have an identification, unique identification number. Then you want to register in Grants.gov so that any time a, a federal agency is putting out grants or RFPs, you'll get those notifications. Then you go to each one of those federal agencies, DOT, Department of Energy, Department of Labor, USDA, Department of Agriculture, and EPA, and sign up for their alerts. So once you sign up for their alerts, you'll get daily announcements of grants or um, RFPs that they're putting out. And so a grant can be For workforce development grant where you're going to apply to train people in underserved communities in some form of this, uh, energy sector, whether it's EV chargers or solar installations or, um, um, energy audits or, you know, weatherization programs. So those, there are a lot of dollars. I mean, in, in some of them, some of them are, you know, 10 million, some have 50 million dollar funds and, they normally will continue to advertise them uh, about every quarter until all the funds have been expended. Um, there was one that just came up through EPA for solar farms on landfills that had that have been closed down. That fund has a seven billion dollar uh, amount in it, and you can apply it up to a minimum of five hundred million dollars. So. Um, you could just take for granted that seven billion is not going to be utilized or given out in the first round. So if they put it out for the last quarter of um, of uh, 2023, they're probably going to put it out again toward the end of the second quarter of 2024. Um, I think what has been also very valuable to me is I probably between two and three thousand dollars a month on business development travel. I go to Washington um, at least once a month, sometimes twice a month. and I attend a lot of the federal agencies uh, conferences uh, where you'll meet other people and then other people will start connecting with you. Um, I met someone last month in DC who reached out to me yesterday and said, hey, I'm working with the Urban League. They have a $300 million grant from the Department of Labor. We would like to talk with you about helping us do workforce development training with EV charges with the local chapters of, uh, of the Urban League. And um, we're having a conference in New York next week. Can you come and be on a panel? So getting that kind of visibility Will also drive business for you that you do a lot of hard work to get uh pointed in your company's direction, knowing how to really uh network and um uh, market at your firm uh so that others are now saying, "Hey, or oh, I think we should plug Tina into this this she'll be good for this transaction she'll be good for this grant." of this partnership, you know, knowing those kinds of things become really important.
3: Wow, again, just it's just so much wonderful information. And in fact, I know you and I had talked the day before, and I was talking about uh transitioning away from something, but, hey, I'm motivated. I, I may have to delve into this area. But, again, a lot of great information that's shared in just a short period of time. This field is wide open, and you can be a part of it. And that first step, as Tina said, too, if you are not uh, registered in SAM.gov, just go ahead, visit that site, SAM.gov, and and just uh, look at the requirements and what you need to do to be registered in that system. That is the first step. And she gave us a lot of other great tips as well as well as uh, a view of some wonderful opportunities that, that exist. So I guess what we're trying to do is let you know that you can dream big as well. You can be a part of this sector. It does not have to be relegated to the less than 1% that might be participating right now in terms of uh, minority women, but you can be a part of it too, and there's a way to, to do that. We are so happy that uh, Tina White, has been selected as NAVWIC's Woman in the Spotlight, particularly for our Energy uh, Luncheon, and I definitely see why that selection was made. I want to congratulate you again, Tina. And before we do transition um, out of this particular episode, we're going to have to have you back some other time. But if you would, number one, uh, tell our listeners if they're wanting to uh, reach you or connect with you in some way, how they may do that. I did have a question, if I may. Yes. Yes, thank you
2: so very much. I, I just am multitasking because I could not, not listen to Tita White. Miss White, how are you today? I'm very good, Ms. <laughs> McNeil. <isn't that you? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> listen, I want the world to know that if you want the hookup and energy in regards to EV, the queen of tires, the queen of EV, I'm calling you now, Tina, uh, everybody can just Google your name. My question is if you can share with our listeners at least one major benefit of being a NAVWIC member since you are a Navic member. Actually, you are one of our corporate NABWIC members. And so, you know, we, we do want to encourage and inspire and uplift women who are shovel-ready like yourself. and I'd just like to have you, uh, if you would not mind sharing at least one benefit from your NABWIC membership. Thank you so very much.
4: I can actually tell tell the listeners of three things that have happened as a result of being a NABWIC member. One, uh, being a member of NABWIC member, i represent NABWIC on the Equity and Infrastructure Project um, that is really designed to get prime spending accelerated with historically underutilized businesses with state DOTs, airports, and public transit agencies. And being on that advisory council, um, Anne is also on it as well, we have access to the CEOs of airports, the CEOs of public transit, um, the the state secretaries of DOT, and also the engineering firms who are often acting as the owner's reps. So when you understand how engineering firms are acting as owner's reps and forming relationships with them, they're gonna be the point person that's either writing the RFPs, that are gonna go out. And if you know how to form relationships with them, you can influence uh, for language that may not have been in there that will benefit you and your your company. Um, also, the owner's reps are acting in the um, public bus space where they are going to be, they're gonna be buying uh, electric buses. So they're gonna be designing large, large charging stations for the electric buses. So, for an example, I had a meeting with STV, who is also a part of the Equity and Infrastructure uh, Advisory Council. Um, They said that they would be submitting to MARTA this month what is their recommendation on how they will roll out building um, EV charging for the electric buses. Um, so once you have that information, you know now that they are looking for companies, the big construction companies like a Clark Construction or an Austin Construction, that normally uh, bid on airports and public transit contracts. You now can start figuring out how to make contact with them to be a part of their teams, because you want to be a part of the team before they submit their responses to these RFPs and bids. Um, So that's one way that NABWIC has uh, helped me uh, get accessibility to those those decision makers. The other way is um, being able to access people that can influence policies with the United States Department of Energy, United States Department of Transportation, Um, There was a grant put out by United States Department of Transportation to replace uh, 6,000 EV charging stations, and the grant was for $100 million. But there were some barriers for my company or any other uh, company that's small and historically underutilized to be able to participate with that. Um, So NAPWIT has given me access to the founders of Equity and Infrastructure, uh, which has access to the United States Department of Transportation Secretary. So I was able to, you know, get a meeting with them, tell them what the talking points were for an addendum to that uh, solicitation, and they were able to meet with the Secretary who understood the talking point, why the addendum was necessary. Now. I'm going to pat myself on the back for, one, being able to instantly know that there were going to be barriers because I read these solicitations as soon as, you know, I get the alert. So they put it out September the 13th. I'm reading it before September the 14th (laughs) Um, because the sooner you know if there are barriers, the the quicker you can do something to try to get some changes that will benefit you. So, you know, getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and doing industry reading and things of that nature is critical uh, if you're trying to build a big uh, company in in the energy space. So, you know, really, uh, uh, you know, subscribing to all of those magazines, uh, the industry magazines that are all free and online, uh, you know, that becomes really um, important. Uh, when we were at the Congressional Black Caucus last week, in DC, um, I had an opportunity to meet with Siemens, who is a major manufacturer of level twos and level three chargers, and they love that network exists and that there's an opportunity to uh, not only maybe do business with me or someone individually, but as they go after workforce development grants and have big projects, they now can come back to we and say, hey, who do you have shovel ready in Detroit? Who do you have shovel ready in Chicago? So NADWIC can give you that access, but you must be able to defensively say to someone literally in 60 seconds what you want to do with them. You can't leave it up to them to figure out how to partner with you. You've got to be able to tell them how you want to partner with them.
3: And thank you, Anne, for that wonderful question. And it sounds like there's a lot of great benefits for being associated with, with Mavwick. So thank you who talked about the fact that NAVWIC can help you with access to contracting relationships. It can help you with access to people who can influence, uh, policy. And definitely, uh, when you're making that connection, again, I heard that need for doing your research and your homework uh, so that you can build that credibility and trust with those that you do uh, have those relationships with. But master builder, we're really glad that she could interject and be with us today. We have two powerhouses in, a, in the studio with us today. So this has been really, really great. Tina, how can we reach you if we want to reach out to you uh, a little later? And what last words do you have for our listeners before we part? Well I will be honest and say don't reach out to me if you have not
4: read the first thing, which is the bipartisan infrastructure law. Um, that is about a three hundred and fifty page document and it really tells you all of the federal dollars that are being expended to to all parts of infrastructure related to the energy sector. So um, I I really uh, don't have a lot of patience with people who have not self-learned themselves before placing that phone call to me because I'm not an EV or an energy coach because I got to run my own two businesses. So you got to really you know, do your own homework and know specifically what it is that you want me to help you with or to share more information. But what I've gotten um, from NAVWC and some, uh, maybe not even other not NAVWC members, there's a lot of money in solar and EV and all of that. But then when I have the conversations, they don't know how they want to come into the marketplace. They haven't read the bipartisan infrastructure law. They haven't done the homework themselves. So the energy sector is no different than when you're starting any other type of business. When you started your construction business, you had to know how to – uh, navigate that particular industry, and most of us did not have mentors to help us do that. We had to self-teach ourselves, and so this industry is the same way. You have to self-teach yourself on how to, how to have those partnerships. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, so if I'm looking for a person that's a decision maker with a BP post who's going to be putting in a lot of supercharging stations, or Shell who's going to be putting in a lot of supercharging stations, I you could use LinkedIn the same way you use Google. Um, you could put in BP post uh, e, uh, electrification director, and somebody is going to pop up on that screen. So I start, one, to connect with that person. I send them a, a message, um, tell them who I am, and I have a 300-word uh, message that I can just cut and paste and just tailor it straight to that company right away. So use LinkedIn to also uh, follow people. The more people you follow, that means they're following you. So when you do something and you post it, they'll know about it. And so... Um, And you'll find you're interconnected with a lot of the same people by following the companies that you want to do business with. I comment on their posts. They're announcing something that they've just done. I always send a comment. So they're going to see my face. They're going to see my, you know, congratulations. Or, you know, I sometimes get a little more deeper than just congratulations and talk about the subject matter that they're talking about. But all of those things um, I've had about a ninety eight percent success rate with LinkedIn where I will send someone a connect invitation. I'll send them three hundred page three hundred words, you know, introduce company and what I would like to do with them. And typically within uh twenty four to forty eight hours I get a response where they will say, Hey, this is my company email, send me your capability statement. Um, directly to my company email and then let me set up a, you know, a meeting with you and my, and the you know, my team members. So I think he can really be very valuable if you understand how to properly utilize it.
3: No, and thanks for giving us tips on how to utilize it. LinkedIn is certainly a very powerful uh, business development and marketing tool. And, again, Tina just keeps giving and giving all the tips, the insights, the knowledge. You've got to, this, this, uh, particular podcast is going to be evergreen, which means that you can go back and listen to it at any time. And indeed, this is one that you want to keep in your library, full of tips, uh, insight and, and knowledge, uh, from Tina White. And listen, she mentioned the bipartisan infrastructure, uh, law that Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act was signed into law by President Joe Biden, and if you remember, November 2, 2021. So if you want to read the full text, the, the summaries and all the related documents, we actually, uh, Tina, you gave me an idea. Uh, we're going to include that as a link on uh, the NAVWIP website. But you can also go to congress.gov and you can get the full document there. Uh, like she said, if you want to call her, you gotta read it first. So <laughs> make sure you go there every. Day. So, but anyway, but Tina, you have given us so many wonderful nuggets today. This has been so rich, and I, have on behalf of Anne and uh, the rest of the uh, studio team, that we are so grateful for you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. So thank you very very much. Well, the final thing I wanna to say too is E V
4: chargers themselves are technology companies. Um, they're more software than hardware. They're using the hardware, the chargers themselves, to actually make money from the software because you have to have that app of the manufacturers to download when you go to charge cards. Um, so Technology, if you're in the technology space, you could look at how you can add value and come into the industry from a technology standpoint as well. I'm not very uh, super, I'm not a technology person, I don't know a lot about it, but all of the major companies that are selling manufacturing EV chargers, they refer to themselves as technology companies so i wanted to you know let everyone keep that in mind too that's in the uh the tech space so um it's a lot of ways to enter the marketplace you have to decide what what's the place for you and i would say that it's going to take at least 18 to 24 months to get your first contract so you got to be prepared uh for that as well
3: no, that is great. And thank you, because, again, you seriously have me looking in that direction. So I, I know i got to do my um, research and, and homework. But, again, you share so many wonderful things with us just to get us started. And that's what's important. Get started, but don't stop. Keep going. Dream big. And you, too, can be a part of this. So, once again, you've been listening to NABWIC Talk with Tina White. And she is our Nanwic woman in the spotlight for our billion-dollar luncheon in energy contracting opportunities. She is the visionary founder of Tina's Towers and Tina's Green Energy Solutions. And uh, you'll see her on um, LinkedIn, and you'll see her on our, our social media posts as well. So be sure to reach out and share that congratulations or any other comments that you have. You, we'll be back next Wednesday at the same time, eight thirty a.m. for another episode
0: of NavWest Talks. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.